this week's episode of Free Surf Freedoms. I'm Ed Waters, your host, and this week we are going to talk about influence of liberal construction upon the constitutional development. Let's get into this, huh? Constitutional flexibility and the growth of federal powers. Far more significant than the changes produced by the addition of formal amendments has been the effect of the gradual growth of federal power through congressional statute and executive action. This has involved not merely the creation of additional machinery of the government, such as the executive departments, the independent agencies, and the inferior lower federal courts, all products of mere statutes, but all assertions of federal power in almost every field of human activity. A number of factors contributed to making the federal government the center of our political system. None, however, was the greater significance than the acceptance and development by the judiciary of the principle of loose construction of the Constitution. Before the federal judiciary could apply this basic principle effectively, it had first to establish its right to render final and binding interpretations of the federal Constitution. Recognition of the Doctrine of Judicial Review Our fundamental law does not specifically give the federal judiciary the power to annul laws either of Congress or of the state legislators or to set aside decisions of state courts on the grounds of unconstitutionality. In fact, During the first 11 years of its existence, the federal judiciary was overshadowed by the executive and the legislative branches of the national government. In part, this condition was the result of uncertainty as the exact limits of the Supreme Court's powers, and in part to the personality of the first three chief justices. However, with the appointment in 1801 of John Marshall as Chief Justice, the court assumed a new and commanding position in our political system. Judicial Review of Acts of Congress A pretty political squabble arising over the outgoing President John Adams' midnight appointments in 1801 gave the Supreme Court the opportunity to annul an act of Congress and thus assert the right of judicial review. Adams had appointed a number of justices for the District of Columbia. The commissions were properly signed and sealed, but before they could be delivered, Adams' term expired. The new president, Thomas Jefferson, 
directed Secretary of State Madison to withhold some of the commissions. Thereupon, one of the appointments, William Marbury, applied to the Supreme Court for a writ of mandamus, a court order, to compel Madison to deliver up his commissions. In handing down the decision of the court in the case of Marbury versus Madison, 1803, Marshall declared that Marbury clearly was entitled to his commission, but Marshall added the Supreme Court lacked authority to issue any writ of mandamus, even though Section 13 of the Judiciary Act of 1789 had given the court original jurisdiction in mandamus proceedings. The mandamus among the list of actions in which a Supreme Court possesses original jurisdiction. Consequently, Section 13 of the Act of 1789 was in conflict with the Constitution and therefore invalid. For the first time in American history, the Supreme Court had annulled an act of Congress. Fifty-four years were to elapse before the court was to exercise this right again in the Dred Scott case. But the power of judicial review of acts of Congress had been clearly affirmed. Judicial Review of State Law In United States versus Judge Peters, 1809, the court laid down the rule that the state, Pennsylvania in this instance, had no right to enact legislation which interfered with the judgment of a federal court. If the legislator of the several states declared martial, may at will annul the judgment of the courts of the United States, the Constitution itself becomes a solemn mockery. The following year, in Fletcher v. Peck, the court set aside a Georgia statute. The question at issue in this case was whether a state legislator could annul a grant of land made by the predecessor with an eye upon the sanctity of property rights as well as upon the principle of judicial review, Marshall held that a grant of land was a contract and that any act repealing such a grant conflicted with the Constitution which forbids a state to pass any law impairing the obligation of contracts. That's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Free Circle Freedoms. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. And join us next week when we dive back into Visualized American Government 1964 edition and we start with further curbs on the powers of the states. Make sure to join in next week, Sunday, right here exclusively on Anchor. 
Free Circuit Freedoms. I'm Ed Waters, out.